Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir, and I've been a high school and middle school teacher, as well as a teacher of future and current teachers. And I got to tell you, I love a good story. We're all living out stories, epics. And if you're an educator, you are a key part of your students' stories. The time they spend with you may be temporary, but the impact you have on them lasts long after their time in school, which is why I love talking about how to make that time more memorable and engaging and transformative for them. I mean, how do we guide students in their stories? And as educators, how do we thrive in our own? And that's what this podcast is about. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? So let's dive into episode two. This episode is called, It's Okay If Your Class Is Sometimes Boring. As I said last week, the next few episodes of the podcast are going to be about talking about different ideas for teaching and leading during this very specific and challenging time that we're in. Because let's be honest, teaching right now is hard. Whether it's the struggle to engage students and cut through the apathy that is rampant in classrooms right now, or just finding joy and contentment in your work despite all of the sub-shortages and overloaded classrooms and mask mandates and virtual learning and obnoxious media and politicians. I mean, you can fill in the blank. There is a lot we can talk about. But I want to approach discussing teaching right now in this moment with a full disclosure that I by no means have it all figured out. I don't. As an extrovert, virtual teaching hasn't actually come easy to me. Or even when I'm with students and, and we're together in person, the lack of dialogue that can happen when you can't see their faces or when we have to stay spread apart. Man, this has just been so challenging. I got to tell you, I wrote a book called The Collaborative Classroom, which is all about sharing ideas and techniques for helping your students successfully collaborate together. I, I don't like to use this word, but maybe I'm a borderline expert when it comes to teaching students how to collaborate. And yet, the last two years of teaching with students and other teachers feels like it's been fail after fail after fail when it comes to promoting and leading and fostering really strong classroom collaboration. It's, it, this has all just been so hard. It's all been so challenging. And so whenever I give possibly dubious advice on working and educating and leading during this time, just know that I am figuring this out alongside with you. But I love to share stories, and I love to share things that I've learned in my own experience, but also from educators all over the world. And so that's what we're going to do in the next couple episodes, is really talk about what are some ways to really lean into this time that we're in and still engage students and help their time in the classroom be as memorable and transformative as possible. So let's talk about this. When I was a first-year teacher, my primary goal was to make my students happy. And I'll be honest, that's part of my personality. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram test? It's kind of like a personality test that you fill out and it assigns you a number. Go look it up. The Enneagram is awesome. 
and the description of your number is usually pretty spot on in helping you understand yourself and your tendencies and why you behave in a certain way. Well, I took the Enneagram and it became pretty clear that I am a number seven, which is also known as the enthusiast. And sevens have a lot of enthusiasm about life. And we want others to feel that enthusiasm and to share in the joy of it as well. It's, it's natural to me to want to dive head first into everything that I can and soak it all up. And so as a new teacher, this left me constantly wanting my students to enjoy being in my classroom. I wanted them to be happy. So to do so, I tried to be awesome a lot. I tried to be funny and have intricate handshakes with six different students. I would hold poetry slams at the local coffee shops for my English classes. I, I'd teach entire classes with a Scottish accent. You know, I'd play Eminem Spotify on the sound system while students were working. By the way, when I do this nowadays, most students have never heard of Eminem. But I, you know, I just wanted everything to be this high-energy, fun experience. And more than anything, I did everything in my power as a young teacher to not let my class be boring. I, I saw boredom as the enemy. And I thought about it like this. If students get bored, they'll stop liking me. And if they stop liking me, they stop liking my class. And if they stop liking my class, they will lose all inspiration to succeed in life. They'll drop out of school and they're gonna end up in a van down by the river. Okay, maybe that was a little overdramatic, but I really did equate boredom with a lack of engagement and learning. Honestly, boredom was my biggest fear. And I thought their boredom signified that I had failed them in some way. And so I was forcing myself to turn every into like a simulation, a dynamic project. I spent many late hours planning after school. I was constantly on Pinterest trying to find new ways to spice up the bland walls of my classroom. I rarely, if ever, sat down during the school day and I was always on my feet trying to engage every single student at every single moment of the day. Can you relate to this in any way? And as you can imagine, this fear and belief that boredom was the enemy was extremely taxing on me. I mean, it takes a significant amount of work and energy to make sure that 30 students are having fun 100% of the time. And I, and I just found that maintaining this kind of energy is not realistic as a teacher. It's not sustainable. And this is why after about three years of just pouring every ounce of my energy to make my class fun and entertaining and exciting at all times led to me start burning out. I mean, I, I, I just started running out of energy and I no longer had the juice to go and plan some of these dynamic experiences. But I also started just dreading going to school because I know that after eight hours of this type of output, I had nothing left in the tank. And then, you know, in those first few years of teaching, that's when I became a father and I would go home at the end of the workday and I felt like I was tapped, like I had nothing for my own family because I was just giving it all every single day at school. You know, the, the truth is, a boredomless classroom is not realistic for teachers. As you are teaching right now or assisting in the classroom or leading a school with a bunch of teachers, you might be putting an undue pressure on yourself to always have it figured out for your students, right? You might be feeling this pressure to always give everything you've got, and yet the reality is you only 
have so much to give. It's, it's impossible. And I really mean this. It is impossible to always be high energy and have your students always be having fun. You know, this past week, I got the wonderful opportunity to guest teach for a friend of mine's uh, high school classroom. And so I got to spend the entire day with her high school freshman while she got to go to the teacher's lounge and spend the day planning and, and, and brainstorming and working on things she needed to get caught up on. And I got to be with her students. Um, and, and part of during the lesson with them, I asked the question, how has virtual learning been for you? All the students were there in person, but they'd had their experience being in a virtual classroom. And I said, what was it like for you? And the overwhelming response from them was that it was boring. You know, the students appreciated being back in the classroom at this point because there was more stimulation and really just people to be around. And so they all told me they've, they were quite bored when they were in the virtual classroom. And I followed up that question with asking, well, did you learn anything in the virtual classroom? Do you feel like there was at least some learning that happened when you were at home on the computer? And the resounding answer from most of the students was yes. That we did learn while we were there. We just didn't like it as much. It was, it was quite boring. And I, so I had them give them examples, and it turns out that some of those lessons that the teacher was giving during the virtual experience might have been less than thrilling because of the nature of the learning experience there, and it was all new for the teacher. And, and of course, there were some lessons that were in more exciting and more fun, but even though some of them might have been quote-unquote boring, they still made impacts. You know, this, this just, to me, reinforced this reality that boredom is not the enemy. And oftentimes, it's actually just a reality. Because, you know, a boredomless classroom is unrealistic for teachers. However, just as important, it's not realistic for students either. You know, to me, life truly is an adventure. And oftentimes, it is exciting and fun. However, doing taxes for me isn't exciting. It actually hurts, and it's actually quite boring. Filling up my gas tank isn't a whole lot of fun. Going to the doctor isn't fun. Taking my kids to the dentist is not fun. School improvement meetings aren't always fun. Grading papers is not fun for me. Okay, maybe some of you think that grading is fun, but not me. Okay, am I allowed to say that out loud? Oh yes, it's my podcast. So yeah, there's definitely aspects of teaching and living life that aren't fun. The truth is life can sometimes be boring and that's okay. There are things we must do in between those moments that are memorable and exciting. The things that make paying bills and taking your dog to the vet worth it. I want as many of these exciting, uplifting events in my life as possible. And I want them in my classroom a lot too. So do students. It's completely natural to desire a dopamine rush, to want excitement injected into your everyday life. But when, it's became, when it became clear that maintaining a constantly not boring classroom was unsustainable for me, that I could no longer burn at that temperature without burning out, I realize school does not always have to be exciting. Entertainment is not the same thing as learning. And actually, some of the best learning happens when we are bored. Actually, my friend John Spencer wrote a brilliant article called The Gift of Boredom. You should look it up. It's awesome. And, and, and it's all about the magic that can happen when we are not being constantly stimulated, which for kids nowadays with supercomputers in their pockets and video games and Snapchat and TikTok, 
Not being stimulated can be a rarity in their lives, meaning they're missing out on the gift of having nothing to do and nothing to think about except what comes in your thoughts in those moments of boredom. Boredom is okay. And so after this realization as a young teacher that it's okay for my students to be boarded. And I remember sharing this with another teacher who was much more seasoned than me, sharing about how I'm just running out of steam and just running out of energy from going all the time and making everything this dynamic, big, epic learning experience. I remember them saying, oh no, not everything has to be like that. Matter of fact, it shouldn't always be like that. And so I had this realization. I had this learning experience. And so after that, I still played Eminem on Spotify with my students, which, by the way, the content filter was, was set to no explicit music. So we're covered there. I mean, I still convinced 14-year-olds to read their poetry at public open mic nights. You better believe I still talk like a character from Braveheart during class. I know that's a terrible accent, but I like to do it. You know, I, I still found ways to inject fun and character and joy in the classroom in, in, in exciting ways, of course. that's We all want to do that, and my students want it too. But I also had my students sit in silence and research the history of South African diamond mines. You know, I still drilled in the concepts of simple and compound sentences, and I gave assessments that let me know if they learned anything from our time together. And I sat down to grade papers while they silently read, I let... My students be bored. Now, there is a caveat here. Gritting through boring moments is a lot easier when you know the boredom is worth it. Let me say that again. Gritting through boring moments is a lot easier when you know the boredom is worth it. How many times have you sat down in a staff meeting or maybe led a staff meeting, if we're being honest with ourselves, that could have much more efficiently just been an email? Right. If you are a teacher right now, have you ever sat through a whole hour and a half staff meeting before school started and you had to get up an hour earlier, maybe two hours earlier? And, and the whole time it just seems like you're sitting there and you're quite bored and you know that this information could have just easily been sent in an email and you could have read the instructions and then went on about your day and got an extra hour of sleep. But you're sitting there and it feels a bit purposeless. You know, it's in those moments you're like, you know what? Being bored doesn't feel worth it right now. I don't really see the benefit of being bored. You know, we may know that there's a reality to being bored. There's a reality and a benefit to boredom. But our students may not know that. And simply saying, because I said so, because I need you to be bored, or because it's beneficial for you, isn't necessarily sufficient. You know, we want to know that our time is being used wisely. We want to know that our time is being valued. And so if, if I'm sitting through a staff meeting and I'm feeling some boredom, but there's also some really good stuff happening that's necessary for being in person and sitting there early in the morning, we might be a lot more adept to being able to sit there and go, go through with that boredom because we know there's a benefit. And I think we have to do the same thing with students. One of my favorite quotes in the world, and I don't know who it's attributed to, but it, it's, I've looked it up, believe me. Uh, it's that a strong why allows us to withstand any how. A strong why allows us to withstand anyhow. One of the best things we can do right now in this moment of teaching 
where sometimes it may be boring, actually sometimes it has to be boring, is to make sure that we are communicating the purpose of work to students. We are learning this material because, or I'm having you sit here quietly and read this because, or I'm having you do this assignment because it's going to help you in this area. This is the payoff for learning this content. You know, here's what can happen when you know how to do this. You know, we want to know that our time is being valued. And as teachers, it's essential that we are valuing our students' time. And so we've got to communicate the purpose of work so that they understand, you know what, there is some tedious nature to the work I'm doing right now. Or this might be a little bit boring. This might be hard. I might have to develop some grittiness to get through it. But the best way to develop grit is to know why we're doing it, to be able to understand, oh, this is worth the work that I'm doing here. This is worth the, oh, I don't like this word. It's used way too much, but it makes sense in this situation. This is worth the rigor, you know, because, because there's a good reason for it. And, you know, beyond communicating purpose, there's so much value in giving students work that is inherently purposeful. Even if there's boring aspects to it, if students know that what they're doing is impactful, it's actually doing something that's just inherently purposeful, they're going to be so much more likely to be able to, to grit through the boredom of some of the tasks of it. You know, for instance, and I've shared this story before in some videos uh, that I've created, but um, I know a teacher, she, she teaches third grade. She had her students go on a little field trip across the, from, across the street from their school to a, a local park where there was a bunch of invasive species growing. So invasive species are plants that are not natural to that area, and they're often quite destructive to the natural plants that grow in that area. And so she had her students go there, and she did a quick lesson on about all of the invasive species growing in their local park. And she pointed out how they're everywhere and how they smell, and they don't, they're not exactly good-looking, and, they, and they're destroying all of the natural plant life. And she made it really clear to her students that these these invasive species, it's actually called garlic mustard, is not good for this park that they love. And so the, she introduced this problem to students, and then she said, okay, what can we do about it? And eventually the class came up with this project of let's invite everybody we know to come to this park, and let's rip this garlic mustard out of the ground. Let's get rid of this invasive species once and for all. And so that was what the project, the whole unit was about, is getting people to show up to this park. And so they started planning an event, but the teacher told them, if you're going to get people to show up and pull weeds on the weekend, we're going to have to help them understand why this is a big deal. And so we are going to have to create marketing materials and PSA videos and write persuasive speeches to be able to give on video and send to parents. But to be able to do this, we're going to have to learn about invasive species. We're going to have to research about it and write about it. And we're going to have to learn about persuasive techniques so that we can craft this material. And, they, and so for the next month, they had to dive into the work of learning how to do all of these things. And sometimes to learn research or to learn persuasive writing or to, to read articles about invasive species or whatever else they had to do, it can be quite boring, right? It's not always the most exciting thing to do to learn this type of material. But now the students knew that I'm not just learning this for the grade book. I'm not just learning this material to make my teacher happy or my parents happy or so I can get a, a grade so I can move to the next level. No, I'm learning this material so we can help benefit this park that, that, that we care about and that's right across from our school. And so that's what they did. And, and, and this project, 
obviously had some exciting moments to it. And at the end of it, a bunch of people showed up to this park and they pulled a bunch of garlic mustard. And it was this huge, you know, final climax to this story that this teacher designed for her students, this, this project-based learning experience. It was awesome. Um, and yet there was also boredom mixed in there. And that's what I mean by boredom being okay. Right? The boredom was all part of the creative process, and yet the boredom was driven by purpose. And I really believe this could be replicated in a virtual classroom. The same project could be done if you were meeting with students on Zoom. The same project could be done if you have a socially distanced classroom, because at the heart of it, we are still doing the traditional or typical best practices of how you would teach invasive species or persuasive writing or fill in the blank, but now it is being driven by purpose and a strong why allows us to withstand any how. And there's even research and data that shows that when purpose is at the heart of student work, it has such stronger and higher outcomes. And I'll list um, in the, the comments of, or wherever you put resources in a podcast, I'm new to this thing. I will list the links to some of that research if you want to check it out. But listen, if you're a teacher, you probably carry a lot of pressure. You carry pressure for test scores, pressure to say the right thing, pressure to not say the wrong thing, pressure to help your students succeed. And if you're anything like me, you put pressure on yourself to have a really engaging classroom. You want students who love being with you and engage in the activities that you plan for them. Of course you do. It's only natural. Right? You don't have to be a seven on the Enneagram to want to share your enthusiasm about the content that you teach and enthusiasm about finding joy and contentment and success in life. Everybody wants that, especially if you're a teacher. That's why we got into this work. And so that's only natural. But we need to remember that excitement and engagement are not the same thing. Sometimes it's in those moments where students push through the boredom because they know that what they are learning is meaningful and will have an impact on their lives. And it's when they realize this that I can sit back as their teacher and be proud of the work that I'm doing, even if it's sometimes a little boring. So thanks, friends, for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, please leave a review and let me know what you think. And also share it with anyone who you think might want to listen. If you want to dive into more of my work, whether it's my writing or my videos or my books or learn how we can work together, please check out my website at trevormuir.com. Also, as a quick plug, I am releasing a new video called Easy next week, and I am really really excited about it. This is probably the most I've ever been excited about releasing a new video. I put a lot of time and energy into creating this video that really looks at this common thought for people outside of the education world that somehow being a teacher, being an educator is an easy thing to do, which could not be farther from the truth. And so I explore that in this new video that is going to be released on Monday evening. So if you're hearing this on Monday, it's probably out there right now. Um, otherwise, you can go and find it on my YouTube channel. Just search my name or on any of the social media accounts that I have on Instagram and Facebook uh, or Twitter. So go and look for that new video. I can't wait for it to hear what you think about it. Episode three of the podcast will be available next Monday. So make sure you are subscribed so you can be the first to know when it's out. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I am so grateful for the work that you do in school. Your time with students may be temporary but your impact is anything but that. So thank you, friends. See you next week.